Hello, and welcome to An Encouraged Heart. This is Cynthia, and thank you for joining me today. We are beginning week six of Loving God and Others, the Heart of True Faith. If you have not had a chance to purchase the Bible study, please go online to Preset Ministries. Today I will read and discuss several verses, beginning with a very familiar verse um, to most, which is John 3.16. Let's first begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to share your word on social media. I pray that you continue to transform the hearts of every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. The week six intro, um, which can be found on page 71, reads as follows. The two great commands to love God and to love people sum up the whole of the law and the prophets. We have looked at what these commands mean and how they apply to our daily lives. But before we can live them out, there is one absolute truth, one vital truth we must understand. The observation section says, we have talked a lot about love, but to really understand love, we must start with God. Let's look at two passages that show why, okay? Again, we're gonna look at John 3, 16 to get started. And we're going to also look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And as I read, I'd like you to mark every reference to God, including pronouns with a triangle. And also, I'd like you to draw a heart over each occurrence of the word love or loved. Okay, so again, mark every reference to God with a triangle and draw a heart over each occurrence of the word love or loved. Okay. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, so Mark God, Mark loved, that he gave his only begotten son, Mark he, Mark his, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay? Going on to 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. By this the love of God, so Mark love, Mark God, was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son. So mark God, mark his. Again, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Okay, in the last verse, and this is love, mark love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be there propitiation for our sins. Mark he, mark love, mark his. Um, Okay. And again, uh, let me repeat that. Um, Verse 10, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay. So let me again, just review those verses one more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting, but have eternal life. Um, Again, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for 
our sins. Okay. Okay. Um, the first question says, who did God love? Who is included in that? Um, so John 3.16 clearly says that God so loved the world, and that includes every person, all of mankind. The next question says, how did he show his love and why? He showed his love by sending his only son to the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, 1 John 4, 9 tells us um, that God sent Jesus into the world so that we might live through him. Also, 1 John 4.10 tells us that God's love was the reason that he sent his son into the world, not because we loved him, but because he loved us. And verse 10 goes on to say that God sent his son as a propitiation for our sins, which means that Jesus took the punishment for our sins. Okay. Um, we're going to also um, look at... Um, Romans 3, verses 23, and Romans 6, verse 23. And um, let me go ahead and read an insight box also um, i like to share with you, which talks about God's love. It says here, the Greek word for love here is agape. As you have seen in earlier lessons, it is an unconditional love that has the highest good of the other person in mind. Later, we will see the word used in 1 John 4 to describe God. Okay. The observation section says um, to mark a large X over the word send or sin as I read Romans 3, 23 and Romans 6, 23. Okay. Um, it says, for all have sinned, so mark sin, and fall short of the glory of God. The next verse, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin, so mark sin, is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let me repeat those um, verses again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that was, of course, Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's also an inside box I'd like to share what that says with you before I look at the discussion questions. It says here, The word sin used in these verses carries the idea of missing the standard. A standard of right was set by God but we do not live up to the standard we send. Okay. The first question says, what did you learn from marking sin in these two verses? Um, I learned that we are all, um, we all sin. And because of sin, we do not live up, of course, to God's standards. Another way to put it is that we are unable to obey all of God's commands in our own strength. Sin leads to death or separation from God. Okay. The next question says, has there ever been a point in your life when you admitted you had done things that were wrong? Have you ever admitted that you did not live up to God's standard or righteousness? 
I would have to say yes, of course, to both questions. I have been a Christ follower for a number of years um, and know that it is impossible to live up to God's standard, standard of righteousness in my own strength. And I rely solely on um, the Spirit of the Lord in me to help me to um, walk this Christian walk. Um, so again, I do sin. I also know that I'm able to go to the Lord in prayer. The next question is, what is the penalty for failing to measure up to God's standard? Romans 6.23 tells us that spiritual death or separation from God is the penalty. The next question, what penalty have you personally earned for sinning against God? Well, because I have placed my trust in the Lord, I am no longer separated from God um, when I do sin, I do go to the Lord in prayer. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to be clear, even though I am a Christ follower, yes, the Lord does forgive me, um, but there still may be consequences of my sin. Okay. Um, question five says, what is God's gift? Romans six twenty three says that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay. And the last question says, if it is a gift, what can you do to earn it? And the answer is nothing. Um, we just have to receive the gift. There is a, um, discussion point here and it says, although you can't earn it, you must reach out to receive it. If you are not a believer, the way to do this is to ask God to forgive you and make you his child. Okay, I'm going to conclude our study for today. I hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. If so, please be sure to subscribe to my podcast or YouTube channel. There will be links in the description box for this episode. And be sure to share the podcast with a friend. Take care, and I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless.